morning good afternoon whatever time of day it is that you are listening folks thank you very very much for listening uh the day today is the 24th of november year of our lord 2020 welcome to another episode of the motown rundown we have a jam-packed show for you guys today we are also a day early again usually we drop on thursdays actually we're two days early it's gonna be dropping on tuesday um so the last two weeks just because of the scheduling everything that's going on uh next week's episode let's just get this out of the way you could expect it on thursday um, as it stands, we'll get back on track next week. But right now, uh, happy Tuesday. We're here to talk Pistons basketball for a majority of this episode. But first, we have to get one uh, major thing out of the way. The Detroit Lions played maybe the worst game that they've played in franchise history on Sunday. First time they were shut out since 2009. Only had like 154 total yards of offense. Um, Matthew, give your quick little spiel on, on that comeuppance. I was emotionless the entire time. Like every hundred percent as bad as that game was, I was like, wow. Oh, hmm. It, it was, was just, just background every, noise. Every time something was happening, cause I kept refreshing my feed on Twitter too, thinking like, I feel like I should be posting something like highlights and stuff. And then even after we had two picks, didn't matter. I got a little bit excited when we had the Amani pick, but I, I don't know. I didn't even tweet it. Cause I was like, the, I can tell this is not going to be a good game. And it ended up being worse than we thought it was going to be. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Jack Fox played another outrageously fantastic, perfect game. Didn't matter. That's all I got. We're playing again on Thanksgiving, as is tradition. Probably going to lose, but maybe not. But I don't know. Yeah, but cares? also, I think the consensus is that had we not, Patricia should have been gone a while ago. If this were any other week. And we didn't have a short week, and specifically a Thanksgiving Day game on Thursday. Patricia's gone. Like, he doesn't fly home with the team on Sunday. Um, Sounds like pretty much no matter what happens on Thursday, he should be gone or will be gone. It's actually kind of the consensus, but that's not going to happen. Probably going to finish the season. Who cares? Yeah, I don't buy it. Whatever. I'm I'm watching every game. Like you said, his background noise, just kind of emotionless. So I almost texted you. and was like, Matthew, I'm not going to watch today. Uh, you can fill in the blanks. I'm not going to do it. But I put it on. I was like, no Teddy Bridgewater, no Christian McCaffrey. Like should be kind of fun. Nope. Instead, uh, PJ Walker, who is like kind of sweet, by the way. Yeah, um, it was it was often evident that he was making his first ever NFL start. But it was otherwise like he was pretty fun to watch. Um, that all you got for the lines then? Um, I had something, but I mean, that's pretty much it. Like even in my pregame jitters, this is what I was going to say. Even in my pregame jitters, I was just kind of like, I think we're supposed to win today, but it doesn't feel like we're going to, but like we're supposed to. And then if we do, we're in an extra competitive position, given that we're back to 500 and we could be above 500 after Thanksgiving. But this is like the worst in the hunt team of all time. And now I, I don't, we're done. Like, we're done. Season's done. It's whatever. Um, On the flip side of that, we had probably the most exciting, the most newsworthy, and the most eventful week in franchise history for the Detroit Pistons. I mean, it was every single day something new was happening. Um, Last week, the only thing that we were able to cover was the Bruce Brown trade. So if you want to hear our thoughts on that, we're not going to cover it again. Um, 
you can listen to last week's episode on that. So, Matthew, the NBA draft has come and gone, for the most part. Free agency in the NBA for Detroit has come and gone. I think there may be another move or two in there. But, like, for the most part, this is what we got. Um, Before we go into, like, move... Actually, maybe we should do that at the end. So, you have the transaction list, for the most part, in front of you, correct? Well, it's not, like, the list. But I literally just pulled up our Twitter timeline, and I was going to kind of go in order. But Sure. Draft night. Go for it. Uh, draft night. I believe this happened on draft night. Sorry, I was, it was Wednesday. The NBA. 18th. Th- the first thing that I had pulled up because I forgot to ask you if we wanted to go over this. The NBA announced their structure and the format of the 2020-2021 season, and it, I just gave some highlights in that tweet. I mean, it's whatever. Everybody knows the season starts December 22nd. From there, who cares? It's pretty much all we need to know. Yeah. Um. But the first move that the Pistons made. They acquired forward Trevor Ariza in the number 16 overall pick in the NBA draft for a future first-round pick. Uh, Houston also purchased a 2021 second-round pick from the Pistons, uh, which was via the Lakers, for $4.6 million. So a kind of weird, cool move that... Yeah. And, and the most exciting thing was, like, this was, like, what, an hour before the draft? Yep. So this is like, we're kind of going in like, all right, we're, you know, we're going to see who we get and then we're going to see if we can make some magic happen. And then it's like, oh, like, okay, the draft starts now. I told you what last week or two weeks ago, I said the draft starts at four and sure enough for the Pistons. Yeah. It started at like six, but still, um, we were easily the most active team on the market. I think, well, one of them at least, um, last week and that move first, we have to, I guess this technically is first on the list anyways, Matthew. You're going through the draft, and um, I was staying off Twitter because I like if I if I had something to say, I would basically close my eyes, hit like compose tweet, type it, send it, get out. Because I'm tired of Woj and Shams spoiling it. I just I don't think it should be allowed. I would like to enjoy the draft and not and also be able to browse social media. So I'm staying off Twitter, right? Are you in agreement with me there? I was gonna say I don't even think that's a hot take. I think the majority of people are in that same boat. I don't know that people are so passionate about the fact that like that they shouldn't be allowed to do that. They should be forbidden from doing it. But there are definitely some, I guess, jokes going around on social media being like, I'm just going to stay on Twitter because yeah, there's no they're telling reason. you yeah. what's going to happen, which I, I don't, yeah, I mean, I agree. There's something exciting about names being called on draft day. Same thing happens with I, the NFL too, that they're leaking yeah. it early. And it's like, I want to see all of it live, like going through Twitter, it's not the same, but also yeah. the situation for us, we kind of had to be up on Twitter to be in the know on things. So it's kind of like this weird. And, and yeah. Yes. So, I mean, you could just stay on Twitter. All you're not going to get out of it is hearing that, Oh, this player was hit by a bus when he was 11 and then fell into a vat of acid. And like, he's come so like, that's the only thing you're not going to get out of it. Cause there's right. no analysis going on. Um, but the draft starts and like one, two, three was, you know, and then after that, I'm, we're sitting there at four and Denny was like the sure pick, like just send it in. It felt for so many months. Like when, when the bulls come up at four, just go to the Cavs at five. Cause we already know who it is. This is where the shakeup and the night really started to take form. And this, this feeling of like Adam Silver's not going to get up there and say Patrick Williams. And sure enough, he did. Patrick Williams goes to Chicago and you're like, oh my gosh, Killian Hayes, it this this might happen because Halliburton could conceivably go to Atlanta. Um, obviously he didn't end up doing that. But it was like the first domino fell. It was everything. 
can we give Troy Weaver any credit there? Was, was that I've actually been a saying that was gonna. Yes. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It was the smokescreen, 100%. And it was like, D- oh, Detroit may have promised him. And the Bulls were like, wait a second. <laughs> we we want this guy. So um, uh, tip of the cap, Detroit Weaver, if that was a flat-out lie, because uh, you baited the Bulls so, so unbelievably hard. And that's not to say Patrick Williams won't be good. I don't think he's number four good. Um, it's still hilarious. So, you know, the Killian Hayes pick... I, I still can't believe that it happened. I can't believe that for once the consensus pick for Pistons fans was not only there, but they did it. I cannot believe that Killian Hayes is in Detroit. I can't believe it. I hate to make this comparison and bring it back to football. And the jury's still kind of out. I think people are optimistic, but so be it. It's It kind of felt like when the Lions actually took Okuda. I think people were really worried that they weren't going to take Jeff Okuda. And I don't know, fans were just kind of split on what they were going to do. They took their quote-unquote guy. This is a way bigger deal and I think more exciting. Um, And like you said, it's important that you said the jury's still out because it's not a one-to-one, but I 100% get what you're saying. And just really quick, it was him or Isaiah Simmons, right? Like those were the two. According to fans, um, I think there were some more people on the board for the Pistons than... Uh, we might actually think. But yeah, if, I think from a fan perspective, especially for me, it was between those two. And say what you will about Isaiah Simmons, I think he's going to be fine, but he's not off to a great start either. So I think yeah. either direction we went, we weren't going to be, we're still going to be sure. the exact same team. But we took Killian Hayes. That was, it was a relief. It's exciting. It it it's it, It's still a little surreal. Because it we haven't, feel, I can't we believe have, it. The Pistons haven't had draft capital or draft picks in it's the same uh, thing. I know. I semantics. I don't know when the last time we the Pistons Pistons fans could actually be excited on draft night and sure. about like their young core. Um, but sure enough, we took Killian Hayes, and I'm not saying he's going to come in and like turn the franchise around day one. But there's definitely something to be said about like, okay, now we have a young star in theory, young point guard at that, who we can really get behind and say like, we we have a future here. I just want to throw out there, I, this is a great trivia question. I haven't seen anybody point this out. Matthew, I know you can't give me an answer. I would love to know the last time the Pistons made three selections in the first round. Three. Yeah. That's that's remarkable. And then also, I, I want to throw this phrase out there again. The French Revolution. I'm all in on, like, I wanted Maladon in the second round. Mm-hmm. Give me Frank Nilakina while we're at it. Like, I want everybody. Um, and it's and it's it's amazing. I know people, Halliburton is more day one ready for the NBA. But the, the long game, right, and longevity, Killian Hayes is, could very well end up being the best point guard from this draft. Um. So, obviously, the French Revolution, him and Sekou, I cannot wait to see what that turns into. Um, the the efficiency feels, in his I'm passes. I'm sorry to cut you off. Is, it feels, I, I hate to use surreal again, but to have a dynamic duo it. that we drafted, back-to-back yeah. drafts, two guys who, in theory, we should not have ended up with. We lucked into being able to pick them. Sekou even kind of being the crazier one to a degree. Yeah, Killian um, was always going to be there. It was just a matter of if we take him, Halliburton, or Patrick Williams. But yeah, Seku, you're right. Seku was not supposed to be there. Yeah. So and they're 
Seku, I, I think, not even Seku. Both of them still have to develop. I am not expecting either of them to be like, yes, like I said, game changers, the franchise, day one. We still have some time, so we do still have to be patient with them. But we have not had an opportunity like this in Detroit for forever. Yeah, I couldn't tell you when. I, I you know, I, I really couldn't tell you the last time that we drafted a point guard that was revered as highly as they are um, in the draft. Like, I don't want to say it was Isaiah because Isaiah was on a different level. Yeah. Like, he won a national championship. It's not, again, it's not a one-to-one, but that's that's the only thing I can think of, mainly because it just Detroit doesn't draft point guards high. It just feels like it doesn't happen. Um, also, he is wearing number seven, joining yep. the illustrious seven club, Stanley Johnson, Brandon Jennings, Thon Maker. Um, Ted so Lindsay. That, that's yeah, he didn't play for the Pistons. But, Pudge. Um, well, Pudge, okay, we can throw him in there, sure. Any any um, Lions? I don't think... Has there been a good Lion that wore seven? Not to my knowledge, no. It's a good question. Um, now we move on to the second pick, which was the Ariza pick, the, 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 the pick that we got in that trade. Yep. Turned into Isaiah Stewart from Washington. Um, I have a question was, about him really quick. Go for it. I'm sorry to cut you off so much, but I... Heard rumblings of comparisons to a one Ben Wallace, and I don't. Where's that coming from? I don't. I don't know because I have not heard that. Um, it could just me be me not being in the know on him, but I, I haven't heard that. I've only I heard just, it a few times, and from what I've seen, I mean, he's a he's a big, strong body, so I I'm on, I'll take it. I wouldn't hate having yeah. another Ben Wallace. Maybe not today, but but I <laughs> I don't know. He is he is a floor runner. He is a hustler. He's yeah, a he's, big, strong man down low. I was gonna save this for the for at the end of our draft recap, but and I already tweeted this, but let's just get it out of the way now. The Pistons picked four players in the NBA draft. They got the most efficient passer. They got one of the most efficient post scorers in the country last season. They got one of the best shooters, if not the best shooter in the draft. One who shot forty five percent from three last season in Sadiq Bay, and then they got a guy Saban Lee, who shot forty eight percent from the field last season. Detroit got them all, every mm-hmm. single one. Um, the Isaiah Stewart pick was sort of like the precursor, showed the writing on the wall a little bit for what the Pistons were going to end up doing in free agency, which we will get to in a minute, Matthew. I know that you're I am not at the scenes. No, I am not. Right. I am I am not at all. We'll get to the Christian Wood thing in a minute. Um, oh, sorry. I thought you meant though. something else. I thought you meant something else. A little, little more frustrating than that, but yeah. So, okay. Um the Isaiah Stewart pick, I don't know. I just, there were better guys on the board. I don't know. It was interesting, especially with Precious Achua still there. Um, he was projected to go lottery. I don't love him going to Miami. That makes me kind of nervous. <laughs> so it is what it is. Um, he's really fun in isolation down low. So it, that's going to be cool. Um, you know, invest in a young center. That's, that's, that, that is what it is. Then you move, uh, and, you, and then at that point, we, we, for all we know, we're done for the night. We don't know. It's like we knew we had seven, we knew we had 16, and that was it. And then um, there was a, a a Woj bomb. They uh, they did trade Luke, and um, I I still haven't really been able to like ex- like talk about it because it 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 
you could take it from here, Matthew. I, I, it hurts, man. I, I get it. I knew it was going to happen, and it was a smart basketball decision. I can't be upset because he's with the Clippers now. Like he's gonna, he's in Los Angeles. He could win a championship. Like he's gonna play a crucial role. I'm so happy for him, but it's like, ah, oh, it just stings, man. It was a gut punch. I said it on before we started recording to Nick. Um, we aren't in the same boat at all where like your relationship with him is obviously very different than mine. But even when I got the notification, I was just, I had like 14 screens up trying to keep track of everything and get these graphics and like news out and everything. It was hectic. Um, and thank you everybody who I guess participated in our social media frenzy for jumping on board with the follows and just interacting with the tweets and stuff. It seems very trivial and small, but it actually does mean a lot, especially when I was putting in, way more time than i would like to admit yeah. to like matthew, get all that matthew done, so. was if you think we were all racing around imagine matthew having to make hauling. these graphics. yeah it very, was very very commendable work that he did and i'm glad that it paid off yes too. that's a big so thank you but yes also thank you to everybody who i guess participated because it actually it was it was it, it felt good validating yeah. yeah uh but anyways when i got the notification that that trade went through i saw one name on there luke Kennard, that Again, not on the same level as Nick, but it it legit just took my breath away. Like it, I said to Nick, it felt like a vacuum just sucked all the air out of me because it it felt at third time surreal. It was insane. We had talked about it a million times. Like we, it, it has to happen. It, it was like, going to happen. It, it was just a matter of when. And I'm just shocked it, that it. I mm-hmm. I had we had all the time to prepare for it. And the, you keep going back to this to the word surreal. Listen, it just encapsulates the night. It encapsulates the week. So it is what it is. Um, first of all, good thing we got him on the show when we did. Second of yep. all, um, I, I, you know, people, I, I, it hurts. It, <laughs> that's all I can say about it. The one thing I will say. So at the time of the trade, this is like a, a short breakdown of what happened. Pistons traded Luke Kennard to the Clippers for the number 19 overall pick from Brooklyn, and it was just a three-way trade between us. Yeah. Come to find out, that that trade involved so many things. Way more than we thought. So many things. And I I don't know that we need to get into all of it because, honestly, I still can't keep everything straight that we've done so far. There's a lot. We pretty – like, we went all in on this draft. And Troy Weaver said that his mentality – on draft night is to go all in. We're going to be aggressive on draft night. And, and we should have listened. We should have, we should have listened. <laughs> should have listened. taken him seriously. But the way he was talking about it, it sounded like that's his philosophy from here on out and just always. So from this draft on, we we're going to do that. Come to find out, fast forward to today, we don't have any draft picks anymore, it seems like. He, he traded all of Not them. Not in the second round, at least. He Not in the traded all round. of them. So... I don't know. I mean, the way we were able to capitalize this year was humongous, especially to flip our roster completely upside down and inside out because everybody said it so far. I don't recognize anybody on this team anymore to a degree. Yeah. Uh, Which is, we needed to do it. It feels good, but it's terrifying and it's crazy. And again, I still can't keep all of it straight. Still don't really even know who's on the team. Not yeah. not from like a remembering the names, but it's like we acquired you. Are you playing for us or not? That's the tricky <laughs> assume part. So if they haven't if they haven't announced it yet, assume they're probably not going to play for us. Right. Um. 
you know what? Can I? I just want to say just final thing on this on this pick. The one thing which we actually we haven't even talked about the guy yet. Um, one of the worst parts about this trade, it's not that they traded my friend, our friend Luke Kennard. It's not that they traded one of my favorite Pistons ever, although it hurt. It's that I wasn't able to enjoy the fact that the Pistons made one of the best picks in the entire draft and got an absolute steal at 19 with Sadiq Bay. Like, it rivals uh, Maxi going to the Sixers. Like, those are two players that should have gone way earlier than they did, and they fell to us. Like, I, Sadiq Bay was like a dream. Like, if you could get him and Killian, shut it down. I'm happy with that. And then we ended up getting these four guys, but it's like, I couldn't enjoy the fact that we made such an, an excellent uh we, we made such an excellent pick because it was like, we did it. We, we traded Luke in the process. It sucked. Can I just put it bluntly really quick? And this is nothing against him. He It's not his fault. I kind of resent him right now. S- Sadiq Bey? Yeah, a little bit. Let me let me tell you something, Matthew. <laughs> you're going to see him play and you're going to be like, okay. No, I know. I, I know. Okay. From highlights and everything and just doing minimal research Truth be told, you might have been right about the cram session I had, really like on draft night and the, the <laughs> nights that followed, because we yeah. went into the night thinking like, okay, one big draft pick, probably going to be, it ended up being Killian, that was great, didn't really have to do more research. We made a move, got another pick, I'm like, oh, okay, I got to do some research on this guy, D- do it again, like a couple picks later. So there ended up being a whole army of people that I had to do research on, fortunately I was kind of able to do that. I, I'm going to say it again, like everybody that we got out of this draft, that being said, how we acquired Sadiq Bay just hurts. In our eyes, yeah, it hurts. And there are some big shoes to fill. And it's a pretty one to one ish role. So you would tend to think, like, we'll actually be able to kind yeah. of compare apples to apples. Not that it works like that. And again, not that they're the exact same player, but to a degree, it's kind of how it is. Yeah. I, in an ideal world, uh, Sadiq Bay ends up being like RJ Crowder. Um, so we move to the second round Pistons pick up Saban Lee. I'm sorry. I, there's not that much to say because in a best case scenario, he's like a third guy. And I, it's I, in a catastrophic scenario. If we have one, like we had last season, um, it, you know, and he has to eat up some minutes like that'll be fun. But otherwise I just don't think he's just, he's just Jordan bone 2.0 for us. Only he can dunk the ball really well. <laughs> Yeah, that's just that's it basically. So also Jordan Bone, shout out to him because he just got a contract with the Orlando Magic, so that's fun. Good for him. Um, yeah, two way. I was like, okay, I, I'm not because I never hated him. I hated the people who were obsessed with him for no reason. Um, so that's fun. So the draft is done, and you can't really help but give the Pistons an A. Um, and then free agency starts, and uh, we were off to the races. Um, Pistons at the time. When you factored in the rookie contracts that they were going to have to sign, we had about $9 million in open cap. And the first thing that we did was give Mason Plumley. Yeah, I'm sorry. Wait, Mason Plumley? Yeah, Mason Plumley. Uh, $8 million. Three years, $25 million. So everyone was like, hold on. <laughs> hold on. All of, all of our space is now gone. Um, and let me say this. The, the one thing that we've really begun to notice with Troy Weaver, you cannot judge any individual move when it happens because wait like two or three more and it'll start to materialize and it'll start to make a little bit of sense. And that's what happened with the Plumlee signing. I don't hate it as much now. You know, at the time I was like, what, 
there were so many other things that you could have done. It is what it is now. You get a veteran center, whatever. Also, at the time, it was because we had like five centers. I knew, I like obviously we weren't going to keep Deadman. The expectation was that either um, Tony Bradley was going to get waived or stretched, whatever it was. Um, so Plumley deal happens. Then Okafor is right after that, and that's when the memes really started flowing. It was within Detroit. minutes too, because as soon as oh. we were able to sign people, I think the first name off the board was Mason Plumley. Unbelievable, I believe it was. Yeah. And then. I know you just said it, but yeah, a few minutes later, boom, Jaleel Okafor, two guys, same position, same, I'm not going to say same production because that's not true, but no. just just two contracts where right off the bat, you're like, what are we, what's happening? Yeah. It is Mason, right? You have it right in front of you. I always get them Yeah, no, it's, Yeah, I know because okay. there are a yeah. billion of them, but yes, Mason Plumley. So let's get the, one of the most fun ones out of the way. This isn't the most fun one, but Matthew, I love the Josh Jackson pickup. Yep. Oh, play in front of his hometown. Um, like friends and family, like it just could be what he needs. And he was really good uh, in the G League last season with Memphis. He wasn't great. Like he was never, you know, number four, number four overall great. Sort of like what we were talking about with Patrick Williams. And I don't think that Patrick Williams is going to be terrible, but you get what I'm saying. Um, so that'll be really fun. I, you know, I, I, I think it's really good that we decided to take a flyer on him. Um, super low risk, high reward. Like there's really nothing bad that can come out of that. So it is what it is. Um, then the best move that we've probably made outside of the draft. And even then you, you might put it above the Killian pick, but I, but I don't feel great doing that. So I think in totality, this is our second best move. And then I think in terms of free agency, this is our best move. Jeremy Grant, uh, three years, $60 million to the Detroit Pistons. Are you kidding me? How? I don't know how we pulled that off. I still don't know how we pulled that off. That is that has to be one of my favorite signings um by any of my favorite teams ever. Period. Ever. And the craziest thing about it, and some details leaked on it, not necessarily leaked, but came out about this. Denver gave him the exact same contract. Yes. He wanted to be in Detroit. And yes. I even when I phrase it like that, I don't know how accurate that alone is. Denver gave him the same contract. He wanted to be somewhere where his offensive role was going to be greater. Sounds like Detroit just had exactly like a perfect situation for him. It's a greater offensive role with the same contract he was going to get to stay in Denver. So why not just go for it? I'm sure yeah, he's going to be happy to come to Detroit and play with the guys he's going to be playing with. Um, but there was a lot more that went into it that made it a really big move. Huge. And I I think the order of events, because I've painted it, I think, in the wrong way, where Denver offered him it and then Detroit was like, us too. I'm pretty sure it was the other way around. I think we gave it to him first and then Denver was like, well, wait, we'll do that to keep you around. We can run this thing back, go to the yeah. Western Conference Finals again. Um, but instead, yeah, like you said, he wanted to have the opportunity to give more production on both ends of the floor. His defensive versatility is through the roof. Um, like, I don't want to alarm you, Matthew. I need your full attention for just a second because I see you're looking at the timeline. Does it excite you to know that if we stumble into the eighth seed against Milwaukee, we might have the closest thing to a Giannis stopper that we've ever had? Does that do anything for you? I mean, and I'm not saying I'm not saying he will. I'm just saying it's the closest thing we've ever had. My only concern is like we know. Giannis stopper or not, we know what happens when the Pistons play the Bucks. It's not pretty. 
not pretty so, at all. So like it's hard to get excited when who cares? But yes, I mean this is a completely yeah. I, I can't even figure out a, like a, a, the right word for it. This is a completely 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 different team. Like that that doesn't even encapsulate what the Pistons have done. Yeah, and so, we're not done yet, so it's really hard to like we said, we, I don't even know who's playing on this team. Yeah. Can I ask you something? Is he overpaid? Jeremy Grant? Yeah. I no, no, no. No, no, no. I don't get that. He's not overpaid. I like I don't Thank you. I don't understand how any of our money works. <laughs> I've been trying I, to Dude, it's we're in a pandemic and <laughs> Troy Weaver is just like um if you just put a $100 bill in the copier, it, it just makes more $100 bills and we can spend that and that's just what he's I've doing. been trying to read up on so shout out to uh Lazarus Jackson. I've been reading some of his articles. Uh Really, I mean, anybody from Pistons Twitter. Sort of a rival site. You could just read I know, I'm sorry. But just (laughs) anyone who I can read to try, Duncan, reading his stuff too. Anybody who I can read to figure out like. Make some sense. What are we doing? It's not even like. I'm kind, I'm half calling you out on this because you definitely had your spurts of anger. Pistons fans, like we're dissecting each individual move post-draft as if like that defined Troy Weaver and our season and they were so dramatic you were definitely like on a roller coaster I was never like I was never out on Troy Weaver but there's a like the first glance there was nobody on the planet that was on board with the Plumlee deal except for (laughs) Mason Plumlee like miss me with that every other move it's like because I even tweeted that night I was like, he's made about 15 moves in the last three days. I've disagreed with one of them. I'm never, I am not out. What was on the one you whatsoever. disagreed with? See, people kept asking me that. They're like, it's the Luke deal, isn't it? And I was like, I'll leave it up for interpretation. Cause here's the truth. I don't want to admit that I don't hate it because I get it. Cause I knew it was going to happen. Doesn't mean I wanted it to. Um, but it was, the, it was at the time it was the Plumlee deal. And, and now I've kind of turned on that. And I'm like, if there's any deal that I hate, I really hate how much we gave up for Luke. Um, so if anything, yeah, I would just amend it to say now that's the one that I don't like definitively, but no, like I I've never been out on Troy Weaver because of anything that's happened. Even, even move number one, the Bruce Brown trade. I was like, we'll see what happens, but this trade right now, I can definitively say that trade still sucks, but you know, whatever. And if I, I'm asking this, if I remember correctly, is that the, the Jeremy Grant move ended up being a sign and trade with Denver. And we no. took on who we There's took speculation on speculation that it still could be, but no. Okay. Because from what I understand, if it does end up being a sign and trade, we are taking on some, we are, we are literally printing money. If it, if oh, wait, that goes I'm sorry. Through. I think it was cause we got draft rights to some guy, some guy who's apparently like $1 billion in debt. Yeah. So I'm sorry. You're right. I, I don't know. I'm forgetting. I, I, there's way too much. I don't know. Yeah, there's so much going on, but it goes back to our point. I don't know where any of this money is coming from. Some people have been able to make sense of it. We are not done at all. There are still a bunch of contracts to be worked out. But like we said, the Jeremy Grant contract is not a bad contract in any sense. No. The only issue is how can we afford this? Not a bad contract, but like how because are we, we paying for it? Using the stretch provisions on every player that we possibly can. And it's like, I don't know if you saw, I said this the other day, the craziest thing that's happened this offseason, we're going to get back to Detroit in a minute, I just want to say this. Gordon Hayward 
goes to um Charlotte, okay? And he's making $30 million a year, okay? Great. I, you know what, man? I'm happy for him. I'm happy that he was still able to get a con- like a contract um, and that Michael Jordan, once again, looks stupid as an owner. But here's the thing. They had to waive Nick Batum in the process, who was set to make, and to this day, I don't know how he got this deal, <laughs> was set to make $27 million this season, okay? So they waived him. They broke it up over three years. He's making $9 million. It, the, 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 sorry, Charlotte now has $9 million in dead cap for the next three years that they have to pay Nick Batum. So they are paying Nick Batum more money to not play for them than Detroit is paying Plumlee to play for them. Nick Batum is French, right? No, Matthew. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's French. We do need, well, he is, but I'm saying no. Yeah, we do need a shooting guard. I mean, he he's needs French. to go to the Bucks. He needs to go to the Bucks. That needs to happen. He needs to go to Milwaukee or the Nets or something. Like, just go to a contender and I'll be happy. I can't believe it. So for all intents and purposes, let's just get this thing straight. Because they have the they had to shed that twenty seven million and it's going against their cap for three years, nine million, they're essentially paying, you almost count that towards Hayward's salary, they're paying thirty nine million dollars a year for Gordon Hayward. And you could do the same thing with Jeremy Grant, how we had to waive what one or two guys. That could you could for all intents and purposes count that against his salary. So now we're paying him like twenty three, twenty four million dollars a year. Even though that isn't directly going to him, I'm saying that that's the price we're paying to keep him, if that makes sense. Um, so it is what it is. Uh, who else did we get? I'm blanking. The Zaire Smith trade was fun, and then it wasn't all of a sudden. <laughs> Do you? Th- I'm I'm asking this as well. The trade that happened before that was the Delon Wright trade. Oh right, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. So we acquired him in a three-team trade with the Mavericks and the Thunder. Dallas received James Johnson, uh, which. Where was he? Why? I could have sworn. He went to, on draft night, he got traded to Oklahoma City. Okay, so he didn't, he was still in Miami during this. No, he was in Minnesota. When? Oh my gosh, I can't keep track of. It, everything's moving too fast. I just want to throw out the, the DeLon Wright, <laughs> Trevor Reza, that whole trade. Do you know how many teams were in on that? Wait, we're, we're, we were a part of that one too? Wasn't that like a. That's how we got DeLon Wright. Well, I know, but I remember. Wasn't there like a 16-team trade or something? It was seven. There were seven. seven okay. 23% <laughs> of the league was in on one trade. And we ended up getting DeLon Wright. So he bolsters our guard spot, or our shooting guard, because he's he can play like three positions. He's a guy who's 185 pounds, and Dallas throws him in at small forward sometimes. Um, he's just like – he. okay, so I was having a conversation with um, Josh Eberle. Shout out to Josh. And um, – I just said that, like, and then I ended up, because I told him, I was like, ooh, that's funny. I'm going to tweet that. DeLon Wright is just the Jaleel Okafor of guards, where he just does everything fine, and sometimes he's just going to be kind of lame and make you mad. But then on that one night, he's going to give you 17-7, and and then he's going to hype the fan base up for, like, a week, and then it's just kind of rinse and repeat on that. So I'm happy with it, um, because right now, really, at shooting guard, all we have are a bunch of guys who can play the two, but it's not their definitive position. So I'm still kind of like Zaire Smith was like, finally, we have a shooting guard. And then Troy Weaver was like, um, oh, what's that? Is that a contract? Oh, I'm going to stretch that. Boom. Stretch provision. Thanks. We're going to pay you over the next three years. Um, so that really hurt because I was really excited for Zaire Smith. That was really fun. But um, yeah, what else am I missing? What other transactions am I missing? I like that for what it's worth. I like the DeLon Wright move a lot. I like that. Uh, I had a question about that that I don't think I officially got to ask. But do you think... I think my question was just going to be along the lines of like, 
we were only going to keep one. We got Delon right first, so knows that. keep one between. Oh no, I'm sure we just because waving and stretching Zaire Smith, which has not been made official, right? So we could we could reverse it. It saves us like two hundred thousand dollars. Oh, that's, that's all, what I was. That's all that's for. That's kind of what I was seeing though. So super summing up the the. I'm not even going to shout out who it was because we don't want to give them clicks. Um, but one of the articles that I was reading uh, was trying to break Shout it down. Shout out to Laz. <laughs> when it comes to um, the financial side of things, to a degree, a lot of these wave and stretch moves, they're not doing a ton for us. Except saving us pennies, yes. Right. So If pennies like, to you is $300,000, yeah. It's just a little bit confusing because again there's still a ton of moving pieces and there's still a lot to be played out and we're not doing those things to win a championship like this year where i think we're still fighting for a lottery pick at this point like we're not but at the same time like i could see this being a competitive team all of that aside though yes everything we're doing a different episode everything we're doing right now is for the future to just kind of clean up the books make sure that we can kind of start fresh as soon as possible that's not going to be today but I understand that a lot of these moves are for a better tomorrow, in a sense. Weaver wants his own team. Correct. And he (laughs) made that happen very quickly. Yes. He made that happen very fast. Um, An interesting part of um, the Luke Kennard trade that wasn't announced until the following day, I believe, is that uh, Troy Weaver's firstborn son as general manager in Detroit, Justin Patton, was also sent over to the Clippers. Um, and then I believe was subsequently waived, but I, I don't know if that's been confirmed yet. So, um, yeah, it's it, it's been chaos, man, uh, but it's been a lot of fun. And as far as what the Pistons could be or will be, like, like I said, we'll get to that in a different episode. Um, Matthew, do you want to talk about it now? Do you want to get it out of the way? You want to do your rant, get mad at me all you want? How? You're probably over it by now because you should have been. I Part of me thinks that you were in on all of these Pistons moves, just trying to cover up the fact that we weren't going to bring him back. So you kept me so busy that I wouldn't get to talk about it because I, I honestly have partially forgot about the fact that we did not do the one thing we were supposed to do this off season. Yeah. And what, draft so- killing Hayes? We did that. <laughs> we did that, right? Technically. For, really quick. I'm sorry. I don't want to alienate anybody. We're talking about Christian Wood. All right, go ahead, Matthew. Technically, we could have re-signed him. Yeah, it sounds like insane. his price tag, like he wanted it to be higher than it sounds like it ended up being. But yes, we could have brought him home. From what I understand, he wanted too much money and then took less money right. <laughs> in Houston. Um, it's just interesting because for Which, all I'm of really the- sorry. Before we go on this further tangent, did you see who signed in Houston today? I don't as know we're what recording? he's thinking. DeMarcus Cousins. I don't know what he's thinking. I want he, that down low so bad. Christian Wood and DeMarcus Boogie, Cousins Boogie would be Christian so Lowe much fun. Or Christian Lowe. Yeah. So much fun. Yeah. That's I'm not fun even team saying it's going to work, but. I think we forget that they still have Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Do you forget that? Because I forget that. I literally I texted like you after our last episode. I think whenever we were talking last and I was like, it, I keep forgetting that they are on the team that, because they're, yes, they're not. That's right. You did. Yeah, um, it's just, it is a little bit weird to me. Like, as far as, hey, you know what? Christian Wood's gone. I was able to prepare for it. Like, I, I had, and I, I kind of figured he was gone. 
So it caught a lot of people off guard. And I was like, use your brain. Um, now I know that sounds super hypocritical coming from me, the person who's doubled, tripled, and quadrupled down on him returning. Let me say this. I was wrong, but I also didn't realize that Troy Weaver was going to nuke this thing um, in its entirety. Like, I didn't know that this reshaping was going to happen. If we had any inclination that it was going to happen, I would have amended my previous statements, but um, it just makes me look really bad. I knew he was going to make some tweaks here and there. I did not think it would be a complete overhaul, and the longest-tenured Pistons, in order, Blake Griffin, Svima Kailuk, Seku Dumboya. There is a reality where we end this season, and Seku is the longest-tenured member of this team. You want to know what's insane? Zion is the longest tenured member in New Orleans. Yep. I saw that, and it's insane. Something that I meant to bring up, and I'm glad that you you brought up the Seku point. I don't know why that's what clicked with me. What I really like about every move that we've made so far, rookies not included, and I would say Seku is a part of like those rookies. What I like about every single person on this team, I don't think that I'm the first person to say this, we can move every single one of them. All of them. Every single move that we've done so far is, like I said earlier, for a better tomorrow. Every contract that we have is movable. Every single player that we have should be put in a position where they can showcase I'm worth more in a sense. So I think that we can really, and that's probably why he was even more okay with trading literally every draft pick for the next millennium. it, It felt like it. But we can... We can still capitalize on the season, whether it's in like the win-loss column. I think we can actually do some damage there in a good way. Um, I still think that we can move these pieces. And I think that these are guys to a degree because we are so young in a lot of ways. We can still, I don't know, grow with these guys for just this being our team of the future too. So it's not beautiful by any means, but there is a lot to like about just – everything that Troy Weaver has done in zero time. It's been messy, but it, it it's feels messy productive. and my brain hurts. And it, yeah, it feels productive. It feels I think that's productive. the most important thing that you can do uh, as a boss, whatever you're doing in the world, as long as you can look and make things feel like there's production coming out of it. It's all that matters. Emulate the perception of success. Yes. While also delivering on it. Um, yeah, I've said it a few times in the last few days. I think Detroit has set themselves up for a really fun and developmentally successful season. Um, I think it'll be pretty productive. I, I have worried a little bit about where Seku's going to play, where his minutes are going to come from. Um, but but just on the Christian Wood thing again, like I think it's weird a little bit that we have jumped through as many financial hoops as we have to pull off some of these other moves. And it's like, could could you not have done that for him? Like, was it, could, you know what I mean? Like, was that not in the cards? That's kind of weird to me, but I get it. I agree with everything that you just said. I guess this is more of a devil's advocate point. If the plan is to bring in these guys who can be tradable assets, I don't think it would have made sense to bring in Christian Wood because we would have had to pay him probably... I don't know, a bigger contract than we signed any of our own guys to, like that we that we currently brought in. And I don't know how movable that contract is, especially if he he would have. But if he doesn't deliver, then we're just kind of stuck with him. And I don't know that we saw him in our that. future plans. So I would Which have liked... 
I, I would like to think that he's going to have a great year. I'd like to think that he's going to continue to have a uh, good career and everything. So if he's able to have, I'm still shocked that he signed the contract that he did. Uh, but if he's able to get more after that somehow, or whatever the case is, I think it hindsight, it does make sense that we brought in all these guys, like I said, that we can get on movable contracts and they'll be in situations where they can showcase like, hey, I'm worth trading for if you're trying to make a push for the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. The most important thing, one of the most important things to say to yourself um, as an executive, when you're looking at signing somebody to a contract, um, whether you're re-signing them or bringing somebody new in, is um, can I move this? If I need to, can I trade this? And you're right. The, the Pistons, I don't, there's not really a contract on their roster outside of, I guess, Blake that you look at and you say, I can't take that. Like, there's nothing I can do. I can't help you here. So that's great. That, that's an area where Troy Weaver has done exceptionally well. And just on the Jeremy Grant thing, like, there are so many people who think it's an overpay. And I don't want to name names. But then the one guy that I was arguing with on Twitter yesterday was like, oh, I'm on a live stream right now. And we all just agreed that <laughs> um, that he's overpaid. And I was like, all that tells me is that you have dumb friends. That does nothing for me. You're all wrong. Um, and then there's this idea like, well, if he's not an all-star, he's not worth the money. I, I, I don't know what to tell you at this point. I also – go ahead. I have a very weird comparison, and it's only because it came up today. I was – or it might have been yesterday. It was yesterday. It was after the Lions game, watching the post-game press conference. And it was on uh, Facebook, YouTube, doesn't matter. In the comments, someone said – you know how there are a lot of people that are, there are people who say Matthew Stafford needs to move on because he just, he deserves it. Like he deserves to be yeah. with a competitor. Then there are other people who are like, I haven't watched one Lions game in my entire life because they suck, but that quarterback stinks and we need to get him out of here. In that second group, in one of the comments, I saw somebody say, we need that kid or like that quarterback from BYU to replace this one. Something, I don't remember the exact comment, but it was something along the lines of, I don't watch Lions football. I'm also not watching college football, and I don't know the name of the quarterback that I want us to take. But it's yeah. different, so I like it. Yeah. When it comes to like the Jeremy Grant move, I'm not calling myself a Jeremy Grant expert. But when we made that move, I was like, again, if we can afford it somehow, I love it. There's nothing wrong with this at all. Yeah. You, you want to know something that people aren't talking about? And I texted James Edwards about this just to confirm because I was like, I'm not being dumb, right? And he said I wasn't being dumb, so it made me feel better. Um, I texted him. I was like, this is something people aren't really talking about. Obviously, the um, elevated role in Detroit was enticing to Grant. I don't want to say Grant, to Jeremy. Um, But I was also like, okay, well, he also spent time in Oklahoma City, so Troy Weaver, right? Like, they have a relationship? He goes, they do. He goes, also, like, um, I don't remember if he said that Troy, like, coached his AAU team or, like, he was often present there or, like, he scouted his AAU team. I don't remember what it was, but they've had a relationship for a while um, when when Weaver left Syracuse. So so that's just a thing. Like, that's kind of like when we had um, Arn, Arn Tellum. Arn Tellum? Arn Tellum? Arn Tellum. And um, <laughs> that sounded really just a word jumble. Um, that's like how we got Derrick Rose, right? So yeah. also how we get Jeremy Grant. So that's really fun. Um, and I, you know, listen, 
there's a few other things that we could do. Uh, I think people really think we're going to get Alonzo Trier. I hope we don't waive Sire Smith. <laughs> kind of just hope we keep him because that's really fun. He needs a shot, man. Like, he literally almost died from, like, a Peanut allergic allergy. reaction to... Well, but upon further review, I'm pretty sure it was sesame, but he also does have a peanut allergy. And I was reading about that, how he almost died. The dude's EpiPen was just like, mm, no. Oh, it didn't <laughs> it work? Like, no. That's that's terrifying. Yes. And he was like, whatever, and like took some Benadryl and went to sleep and then woke up. But it was a whole thing. The story is terrifying. I don't know how he's still alive. Um, and then it, it destroyed his body so much, like he couldn't do anything for months and then when he finally got back they had too many players they had too many guys ahead of him and then Matisse Thibel really put the nail on the coffin like him getting to Philadelphia that was it so all the people are like well there's a reason Zaire Smith has only played 13 games in the NBA yeah idiot it's because he was almost dead that's it that that's the reason for you so I don't know I'm excited um I, I don't really know is there do we miss any moves there are so many, like Rodney Magruder. We didn't mention that he was a part of the loop trade, yeah, but I don't, he's I not don't sticking around. Tony Bradley was a part of some trade. Well, Tony was Bradley's that the... gone. That was a Zaire Smith trade. That's right. I, I also okay. think Rodney Magruder is going to stay. I believe the expectation is that he will stay. I've been hearing that as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's so much going on. There's still a ton of moving pieces. I like. If you hate this team for some reason right now, relax because tomorrow it's probably not going to be the same. But at the same time, <laughs> yeah. I think for the most part, 90%, if I, if I can get away with saying that, I think we're 90% the team that we're going to be come day one yes. starting the season. Yeah, we're right there for sure. Um, I got I got some closing questions for you. Um, we can each play this game. And then the following question is just a you question. All right, favorite move, least favorite move. That wasn't the Luke Kennard trade um, so far. So don't say the Luke trade because it's both of our least favorites. I feel like mine's pretty easy. The The best was, or favorite, it was favorite, right? Doesn't matter. Yeah. Taking Killian Hayes. I was so excited. Has to be. So excited. Like, I think the Lions draft almost every year, there's a roller coaster of emotions. This was completely different. The Lions draft is always like a thing for me. Red Wings draft has been kind of here and there, especially in these past years where we've actually been drafting high. Killian, hey, that's the first draft pick for the Pistons in a while, Seku being a little bit different as well, where you could be like, this is awesome, this is exciting, this is who we wanted, this is who I predicted. Not to brag, but we kind of were like, it's not going to happen, but it happened. So that was great. Well, yeah, because it wasn't. It was it, that we, we were not led to believe that it right. was going to happen. Shout out to the smokescreen. And then, yeah. Oh <laughs> man. Oh, effortless. <laughs> the um, my least favorite with an asterisk, if I can answer it this way, is not bringing back Christian Wood. Sure. Only because I still want him on the team, but the reasons, from what I can tell, we did not bring him in, totally makes sense. So, it just kind of is what it is. I listen. Every single move that I was kind of like, I don't really, I don't care for that much. I've kind of turned around on and I've walked back a little bit. I hate the Bruce Brown trade just as much today as I did seven days ago when it was made. And that one's fair. Especially I, because, not to cut you off for the millionth time this episode, the I think the point that you were trying to make, I don't know that you agreed with it as much as it was just like an argument to be made, was 
okay, we traded Bruce Brown. Now we can get Patrick Williams. See how easy that is to like transition like that in a exactly. sense. And then we didn't do that. And the trade with Bruce was kind of like, I don't, I don't think that made sense. And then you fast forward to today and you're like, okay, so what, what was that for again? So who's our best defender? Do we, <laughs> do yeah. we know yet? Um, yeah, I mean, listen, you you still got nothing's changed. The least favorable of four second rounders that Brooklyn owned, you still received, I believe, a more expensive player marginally, and for a team that's trying to save pennies, it's kind of weird. And he's also the like one of the worst players in the league. So I, John and Moose is terrible. <laughs> so I still don't get it. it. It still doesn't make sense to me. Um, he's got a really fun frame. Like, don't get it. Don't get me t- like. He's like six nine, like two twenty, like that's fun. He's really like really long. He's got like an eight foot wingspan, but he's bad. So I, that's like one trade that I'm still just like I don't know. I, everyone just kind of moved past it because there's excuse me so much else to talk about. But in the back of my head, I'm like, people stopped trying to convince themselves on that one. They stopped trying to explain that one because they're like, oh, look, more news. Let's talk about this instead. No, t- tell me why. Um, and, and you know, it's just one of those trades that, like, I get moving Bruce in order to be able to mold the roster in the way that you want. And I get that, that there's, you know, that was like a 2K machine trade, you know, like a select this player, Bruce Brown. Okay, see all 17 offers you have yep. for Bruce Brown. You look at one of them and you go, like that Larry David gif, you're just like, ah, I guess. And you just send it because there's a draft pick in there. That's what that feels like to me. Because you're like, I gotta get something for him. Let's just see. Um, so is the is is you know, Musa the collateral damage there where it's like, or you gotta bite the bullet or whatever it is, and it's like, well, we got a draft pick. That's fun. We'll just put Musa on the bench. I don't know. It sucks. I still don't like that at all. My last question for you though, Matthew, before we sign off, um, how many games into the season, if not day one? Do you think it'll take before Killian starts? I'm hearing he'll probably start day one. I'll say the start of... Go ahead, go ahead. I don't know how many games we play in December just because I know the schedule is manipulated and we're already... Oh, balls. So I was going to say the beginning of January, more or less, is when he's going to start. So game like seven. Right. So that's where I was kind of like, right, well, that's not a ton of time anyways. But even then, I'll just for the sake of simplicity, I'll say the start of January. I think he's going to have a few games to at least get under his belt uh, coming from like off the bench or just seeing how things work. Um, yeah, uh, start of January. But if it's I day one, then so be it. I'm I'm all for it. I think they're going to toy with it in the preseason a little bit because yeah. believe it or not, we do have a preseason. Um, and it, maybe if it doesn't work, like you said, they kind of, they put... De- Here's the thing. The people who think it's entirely outside the realm of possibility are like, what do you mean? You have Derrick Rose. Of course he's going to start. Congratulations. You didn't watch a single Pistons game last season. Because and you haven't watched is... Derrick Rose for a few years because he's just been, <laughs> that's just what he's been doing. He's just better as a sixth. And people are like, oh, well, it's disrespectful. It's not. It's literally what he wants. There's a reason he didn't want to be traded from Detroit is because he was thriving in the situation that he was in. What do you mean? So, um, you know, putting what? Killing what, 19, I think? So... Putting him there is like, that's a lot, but if it's not day one, because I'm not going to say it's day one, but, you know, for a majority of the season at least, because um, how, how many games are they playing this year? I don't remember, but I think for at least like 72. 60 games, I was going to say, I thought it was 70 or 72, so I would say 55 to 60 games, 
if everything goes according to plan, I would expect Killian to start 100%. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think he, even in those games where he's coming off the bench, if that happens to start the season or like in the beginning of the season, he's still going to be playing bench or starting. He's going to be playing the same amount of minutes. Like, I don't, I yeah. don't see any situation where he's not playing what like 25 ish minutes. Does that sound sure. about right? Sure. And and I, I want to point out two, three things really quick. One, Dwayne Casey's probably going to put Derek on a minute restriction again. Don't act like that didn't happen last year. Two, in a second unit that is otherwise kind of like meh right now, Derek Rose is probably going to be, you probably want to bring him off the bench in order to like bolster your scoring there, right? Remember, that's what we did with Luke Kennard. How it was like, why aren't they starting Luke Kennard over Bruce Brown? It's like, well, because Bruce isn't that great offensively and you need the scoring on the bench. So you put Luke on the bench. Right. Okay. Keep Derek on the bench. Um, and then the third thing, which I actually don't remember what I was going to say. So while I think of it, go ahead and say whatever you're going to say next. I was going to change the subject as a last closing thought for college basketball coming back this week. So hmm. I think it was something about Sadiq Bay. I don't remember. Go ahead. Talk about college basketball. It's coming back this week. If you're a Michigan, Michigan. Oh, that's one thing. That's, that's another thing. Troy Weaver. What a tease. Of? I would Cassius Winston. I would love to hear oh, that young man's man. name called on draft night. He deserves it. I love that young man. All right, put your money where your mouth is. You got the 38th pick of the draft. Like, son, you can make this happen. This is like Scott's tots. Like, this is on you. Make it happen. And then he gets up there and he's like, Saban Lee. And I'm like, all right. So we took, a, like, a, if we're going to take Saban Lee, there. you might as well take Cassius. You'd I think. Well take Cassius. And what a lie. I made the graphic for Cassius and everything because I was like, it's. <laughs> It could happen. So I took what, the time me, to do it, and then I got I got gypped. Give us a behind the scenes here. So um, you asked me at seven. You probably made Killian. You probably didn't make another one, did you? No, no, no. I had a couple. Well, one, I had to because we had pick 16. So I had to get a couple of guys ready. Um, but at, yeah. I mean, that's for seven. That's it. I'm talking about seven overall. Did you only make Killian? Because you were no, like, I that's who we're taking. I probably had 10 graphics ready to go. For oh, wow, okay. the seventh pick, um, I, I was even making guys like Lamelo. Just one because sure. why not? Two, you never sure. know. Um, but I had those ready to go, and then once we picked that seven, I really had to be like, when I had you to texted be. Me and you were like, who do I? Yeah, I was like, who, who, what are names? we doing at sixteen so I can have some guys ready to go? So I just kind of had to just keep finding guys to at least find the picture that I wanted to use. Um, some guys I would try to at least start to cut them out a little bit to make everything uh, nice and sure. pretty uh, to get it exported and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, otherwise it was a very much like heat of the moment, second to second, paying attention to what's going on. And especially when we went 16 and then boom, we got a 19th pick too. 19. That was yeah. that was a quick. Yeah, right. Yeah, writing wasn't very fun because with everything that was happening, I couldn't, you know, stay off my. I, I had was, to be paying attention at all times. It sucked. Everything that happened last week between free agency starting up the draft, like everything, it was a good problem to have, especially as a Pistons fan. I agree with that. It was annoying because we're trying to explain to our friend who's like a hockey fan and that's kind of it. Like, no, dude, free agency is crazy right now. And I realize how it sounds like it's what you look at your phone and you're like, oh, wow, that's a cool thing that happened. No, <laughs> no. Like there is legitimate tension and anxiety every time you open the app because it's like, what do I What What happened now? Yeah, there, you know what I mean? And most of it was pertaining to us. I hate to like blend my worlds, but between uh, doing like stuff for Milk Movies, shout out to my other podcast, like movie stuff, I'd be in the middle of like watching a movie 
and like trying to focus on it. And then like this notification goes up on my phone. I have to like, I have to pause the TV. I have to throw the remote, book it to our quote unquote office, get on my computer and just start going to town on things. So it may seem like, I mean, it's a tweet and it's a picture. It's not that, it's not that big of a deal, but I am throwing stuff around my apartment to like get everywhere and make stuff, which it only goes so far, but Again, that's why I genuinely appreciate when people start to interact with stuff because it's like, okay, yeah. breaking my bones and like putting a hole in the wall, worth it for two lucks. Matthew puts on the, the Star Wars holiday special and the Pistons trade for Zyre Smith. So he's like, oh, got to pause this. Yep. And then and then he's halfway through the movie. Oh, the Pistons have now <laughs> waved Zyre Smith. Matthew's like, oh, got to pause this. Yep. Um. All righty, Matthew, go ahead and give, give your college basketball spiel and we'll wrap this thing up. Um, um... I actually kind of wanted to rip on Michigan for a second uh, just uh-huh. for having a much softer start to the season than Michigan State does, but that's just kind of tradition for Michigan State. It's not even like Michigan's fault. It's just that's what Tom Izzo loves to do. Oh, yeah, you're right, yeah. Uh, Michigan State, well, I think Michigan plays first. Yeah, Michigan plays at 4 o'clock on Wednesday. They play against Bowling Green. Michigan State, knock on wood, an easy game against Eastern Michigan uh, Wednesday as well, but not until 6 and then from there, college basketball is ready to go. Every Now that I'm looking at it, pretty much every single game outside of the first five for Michigan State, first four for Michigan, um, they're all to be determined. So they have like a date calendar, but they, I mean, with all the schedule or all the games, I should say, being up in the air, like who's going to play and when, like are these games yeah. going to get postponed or canceled and stuff? Um, yeah. They can't lock anything in, so that's kind of interesting, but... Um, should be interesting. Uh, the Big Ten is going to be insane this year with uh, who's really good. Wisconsin's good. Illinois is really good. Iowa's really good. Michigan, Michigan State, obviously contenders. It's a very crazy conference this year. Luca so, Garza didn't get drafted. Interesting. Where did he? Wow. Let me you do you do a riff. I'm going to see where he went. Hold on. No, I actually that's because I'm sitting here thinking I'm like is Iowa supposed to be good? I'm like wait they don't have Garza anymore. And then I'm like, I remember people were like, maybe he'll be a fun second round sleeper, but he's he did not get picked. I have not heard a word about that man in months. Is he? Did uh, he catch? What's going on with him? Is this guy? Uh, is, he, is he a senior? Looks like he's a senior. He's a senior. No, I I, I swear he declared. I swear ah, he declared. Ah, we sound so dumb. He didn't <laughs> declare. It doesn't look like it. it. Says he's a senior. He's a 6'11", 265 pound senior. From Washington okay. D.C., averaging twenty-four and ten on fifty-five in college basketball. So that's why that's okay. I don't know. Okay, all right. Well, we sounded dumb for a second, but that's okay. That's why I was going to be good this year. What are what are we ranked? Uh, I know Gonzaga's one. Thirteen? Are we thirteen? Okay, I thought it was twelve. So okay. Michigan's twenty-five. Michigan State is thirteen. Gotcha. All righty, Matthew. Well, Rocket Watts is going to be great this year. Um, Amani Bates coming soon. That'll be fun. And uh, I got nothing else. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for, again, social media stuff. Continue to follow. Continue to spread the love. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, and uh, that's it. Yeah. Okay. Well, next week, we will be back on Thursday. Get back to our regular uh, programming. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars and subscribe. We will catch you guys in the next one. Shoo.